Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Hey, I'm glad that you're here today, and I'm thankful that you've chosen to be with us. If you're here in person, again, thank you so much for just prioritizing being together in person. Welcome to those that are watching online, uh, and whether you're watching here locally and you just couldn't be here today, or those that join us from around the country, and from time to time, even those that join us from other places in the world, welcome to you as well. We're so thankful that you're here today. Uh, A couple of things are happening, or a lot of things are happening around our church, and I'm thankful for what God's doing in this season of our church. Uh, you know, and, and for me, as I think about all that's coming in the next few weeks, we want to make sure that you know those things. Next Sunday is one of kind of the crowd favorites of our church. It's Communicator Sunday. And so what that looks like is we have uh, people from within our congregation that are going to be sharing as a part of the sermon. And so I've been reading through their notes this week that they've shared with me. And man, it's going to be a great day. And so I encourage you to make plans to be here next Sunday. Whatever you already have planned for next week, just kind of prioritize this block of time. And I normally say join us at 9.15 or 11. I'll change that. Say join us at 9.15 and 11, perhaps. There's different communicators in each service. And again, it's just always a really, really special Sunday for us for Communicator Sunday. So we want you to be here for that. And then the following week, there's no graphic for this, but the following week, we start a summer-long look at the the Psalms. It's called Summer in the Psalms. It's going to be really, really special, really, really great. So I'm excited about that. We want you to be a part of that. But today is also a really special day, just kind of for the body of Christ that we're connected to, the kingdom uh, that we're connected to, what we say is the big C church, not just generations church, uh, but just the church at large. Uh, Many of you may be connected to the story of Pastor Matt Popham and Mary Beth and his family. They were on our staff for about four years or so, and uh, and they felt the tug from God in their heart uh, a little over a year ago to go and plant a church in Pastor Matt's hometown of Cartersville, Georgia. And so Steve and Jess Mallow and a group of people from our congregation went to help join them in that effort. And so they've been meeting and doing ministry in a variety of different ways over the last few months. And today they uh, open up into their new facility. And so we're excited for what God is going to do through Reformation Church there in the Cartersville community. And because of your generosity, we've been just a small part of what God has done already and what we believe God is going to do. Again, through your generosity, we've given just about $5,500 to them in actual uh, cash and then also about $3,500 in in equipment and things that they could use for ministry. And so I'm thankful for your generosity to help us to be able to partner with what God is doing there. We believe in the kingdom at large and the big C church. It's not just about what happens in this building, but it's what happens in other places where uh, Christ is glorified. And so we're thankful that God has provided them a space to be able to gather together to make disciples. And so we're excited to hear all the stories. And so if you know them, I encourage you to jump over on Facebook and congratulate them. Uh, They're meeting now in their very first service. They started at 11 o'clock. And so we're just continuing to pray for what God is going to do through Reformation Church. So Thanks for for your generosity to be a part of that. Today, we are continuing, really concluding a two-week look that we started last Sunday. And last Sunday, we started this series, this two-week look at the Holy Spirit, and we talked about the Holy Spirit as God. And when we were talking about the Holy Spirit, I shared a story early on in that message about when I was kind of late adolescence, early teenage years, being in an altar prayer time one Sunday night and having some older saints, a little old lady on one side and a little old man on one side. And as they were praying with me, as I was seeking more of the power of God and the presence of God, in and through my life. They encouraged me to lift my hands. And one of them was telling me to let go, just let go and and let God do what God's going to do. 
And then one of them was telling me to hold on, you know, hold on and trust that God's going to do. So I was letting go and holding on all at the same time, trying to determine like, what is it that I'm, I'm letting hold? I'm, I'm going, I, I didn't really know. And so in that moment, I was trying to, you know, trying to figure out how the spirit of God was going to work in and through my life. And I told you that story last week and I shared it and I, I reiterate it a little bit now that I think for some of us, when we come to this matter of the Holy Spirit, I think some of us need to let go of some things, let go of some, some teaching that maybe is a little, you know, kind of crazy and we weren't really sure what to do with it and we've held on to it and maybe we can't back it up with scripture. For some of us, we need to hold on to some things that we were taught and we experienced, we believe to be the authentic work of God in and through our lives. And so we need to let go of some things and hold on to some things. You know, Francis Chan, who was a pastor for a number of years and now an author and uh, creates just biblical resources for the church at large, he said that if you were on a deserted island and the only thing that you had to read was the Bible and you spent a, a large amount of time on that deserted island, you had nothing else but the word of God and you just continue to read it. And then you came back to the modern day church, the modern day culture that we live in. You would probably be surprised that there's not more talk about and not more evidence of the work of the spirit of God in and among us. That if you were reading the Bible, you, you wouldn't really be able to divide the work of God from the spirit of God, from the Holy Spirit, from the beginning to the end. And that's what we said last week, that from the very first book of the Bible, the very first chapter, really the verse, first two verses, we see the spirit of God as a part of the creation story, that the spirit of the God, the spirit of God hovered over this dark, formless void that was and called for the creative work of God. And then God said, let us, the plural form here, let us make man in our image. And so we see that there is this trinity. It's a word that's not mentioned in the Bible, but it is the picture of God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. And so what we said last week is that the Holy Spirit is God. And so the Holy Spirit's not just God, but the Holy Spirit is personal, that you and I have access to the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is still active according to scripture. And so we talked about that. If you weren't here, you can go back and listen on our podcast or go to our YouTube channel and watch that message. And so today, as we continue in that idea, we continue in that thought, I wanna take this, this big idea of the Holy Spirit as God, and I really wanna personalize that to talk about the Holy Spirit in us. I believe all of us, and we, we hit on this a little bit last week, all of us have access to the Holy Spirit. And perhaps you were raised in a, in a church setting or in, in a faith setting, or you've been a part of some church uh, and, and the way that you were raised and a part of kind of raising up in your faith that you're very comfortable with this idea. Others of you, maybe this is a new concept. But at the end of our time today, I really believe like the Lord has led me to uh, how we should respond. And we're going to respond by allowing the elders and some of our staff to be up front and for you to have a personal opportunity to respond, to come forward for prayer, to really seek more of the presence of God and the spirit of God in our lives. And so we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Here's where we want to start. We want to start with this idea that all of us have access to the Holy Spirit. All of us can receive the Holy Spirit. Look at this in John chapter 20, beginning in verse 19. It says this, on evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive 
the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a similar passage, similar context to what we read last week in John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. Jesus, in physical form, God the Son, in physical form on the earth, was doing life and ministry for the last three of his 33 years on the earth with this band of misfits, these disciples, these 12. And so as he's doing that, there comes this point when he begins to transition their understanding to what's about to take place in the story. And what we said in John 14 and in John 16 in different ways, he says to them, listen, I've got to leave. I've got to go. There is a plan of the Father that I would leave the earth. I'm not going to stay in physical form here on the earth forever and ever, but it's better for you that I leave so that I can send the Holy Spirit, send the helper, send the advocate, ask the Father to send you this paraclete, this helper so that you can live and have access to God here on the earth, even when I, in physical form, am gone. And so he's explaining that to the disciples. And so here in John chapter 20, the only difference in that is that he's already been crucified, he's already already resurrected, and he is going to ascend. He's going to go back to the Father. And so now here in John 20, the disciples are locked up in the house. They are afraid that if these, these religious leaders came and arrested Jesus, that if they are identified as followers of Jesus, they're going to come and arrest them too. And so they have locked themselves in in the house and Jesus just shows up. Now he doesn't like pick the lock. I always thought that would be such a cool ability to have. I, I don't have that supernatural ability. I don't have that natural ability. I've never hung out with people that know how to do that and teach that. So I, I can't do the little cool thing and I don't know how to do that really well. And so Jesus doesn't do that either. He just comes in through the walls. He comes in through the door and he appears among them and he allows them to touch the scars on his hand and the scars on his side so that they would believe that it really is him. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. He is giving them a commission. He's giving them a mission that they would go out into the earth, which we see them fulfill as a part of that first century church. But it doesn't just stop with them. It also extends to us. Acts chapter one, verse eight says that when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we, when we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, when it comes upon us, that we would go and be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You and I have a mission to, com- uh, to, to help people understand who God is, that we would make disciples, the great commission of Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 says that we should go into all the world and we should make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which we just did. And so Jesus says, hey, I've got a mission for you. Just as the Father sent me to do something, I'm sending you. And so he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And so you and I, we believe, have that same opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit, to to really have access to the Father for the purpose of what God is asking us to do in the earth Today And what we believe is that if I can use this illustration here today, what we believe is that this is your life, whether you believe it or not, whether you think this is a good representation of who you are, who you were, your life, my life before salvation was that we were empty. Maybe you didn't feel empty. Maybe you felt like you had a lot going for you, but as it relates to an eternal relationship with God, as it relates to who we were called to be created to be, we were empty. And then Jesus came and he filled us at salvation. Uh, and, you know, if you were in children's church and they said, you want to ask Jesus into your heart. I had the opportunity to baptize my daughter, Kinley, just a few minutes ago. I remember when she was much younger and she heard that phrase, ask Jesus into your heart. She said, dad, I don't know how he's going to fit in there. Right. So maybe you had that same experience 
but you're not asking the physical form, Jesus, uh, the physical form of God into your heart. You're asking that God would dwell in you. And so that's what we believe happens at salvation, that the, the, the spirit of God dwells inside of us. Theologians would call that the indwelling of the spirit of God, the indwelling of God. And that's what happens at salvation. I remember my dad when I was a kid telling this story about being in a church on a Sunday night. And there was an opportunity for a testimony service. Some of you know what that means. It means that they allowed at the end of service for people to stand up and testify, to share the story of what God had done in their heart and in their life. And this guy gets up and he's in a, in a suit and he, he looks nice and he's dressed nice and you know kind of clean shaven. And he stands up and he says, I want to tell you that I came to this church last Sunday night. He said, I didn't look like this. He said, last Sunday night I walked in, I was kind of on, on my last leg. I was giving God one more chance I had decided that if God couldn't do something in my life, couldn't do something in my heart, that there was no way that I could be reached. There was no, no hope for me. And he said, I walked in and my hair was down my back and I hadn't shaved in months and I smelled really bad. I hadn't showered in a long, long time. And man, my life was a mess. I looked like my life was a mess. He said, I walked in and I sat down on the very back seat in the back row back there. And I just, I just sat down and I told God, God, you got one more chance. He said, the pastor was preaching and he offered the opportunity for me to come forward for prayer. He opened up the altars for anybody that wanted to come and pray. And he said, I stepped out and I came down front. And he said, I prayed and those prayed with me. And he said, I gave my heart to the Lord and I got saved. He said, I went home. He said, I took a shower, I shaved, I got a haircut, I bought a suit and I came back tonight and they handed me a visitor card. They didn't even recognize me. And my dad said, when he listened to that story that night, he said, two thoughts came into his mind immediately. The first is, thank God he didn't walk into some churches last Sunday night because there's a lot of churches that wouldn't have allowed him to stay. He said, but the second thought that he had in his heart was, you know, thank God I didn't look like that when I first came to the Lord. And he said, the Holy Spirit checked his spirit, just kind of convicted him in that moment. He said, you may not have looked like that on the outside, but that's exactly what you look like on the inside. You and I were empty. You and I, whether you feel like you looked like that whether you feel like you were dirty and all kinds of mess, you and I were empty before we came to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And so what happens is when we accept Christ as our Savior, we say that the completed work of Jesus Christ on the cross is enough for, for me. And we ask him to forgive our sins and to redeem us and be the Lord of our life. What happens is he takes himself, he takes God, he takes the Spirit of God and places the Spirit inside of us. We are no longer empty because we've been redeemed. You and I are filled, the, the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. This is what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. It says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We're no longer empty because God has put himself inside of us through the spirit of God. So that's what happens to us. So what does it look like to live as a follower of Jesus Christ? What does it look like to have the spirit of God dwelling in us? Well, there's two primary things that I want to focus on in the remainder of our time. And I, I said to our first service today, this is kind of a six week sermon series in about 35 minutes. So you got to buckle up and hang on here. But the first thing that I want to talk about is the fruit of the spirit. Maybe you're very familiar with this. I remember when I was a child and my mom had these little cards on the breakfast table that she had my brother and I to memorize. And one of those cards had the fruit of the spirit. It's found in Galatians chapter five. We're gonna read that in just a second. 
but it indicates that there are these things, these characteristics that really reflect the work of God, the Spirit of God, when, when the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. And the, the, the flip side of that, the juxtaposition here, the, 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 the opposite reaction of that is the work of the flesh. And so what we read here in Galatians chapter 5 is there's really two choices that you have. You can be controlled by the flesh, you can give in to the passions and desires of your flesh, or you can be controlled by the Spirit of God. Look at this in Galatians chapter 5 beginning in verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I told you this is a six-week sermon series in about 30, 35 minutes. And a part of that is that I don't have time to really unpack all of the fruit of the Spirit here. But we did a sermon series in 2018 in that summer called Fruitology. You can go back on our podcast channel and you can actually listen to those nine weeks. And each week we looked at one of these fruit of the Spirit, one of these characteristics of a life that is led by the Spirit of God. But I think what's interesting here and what we talked about in that series is that there are works of the flesh, plural, Works. There's many different things that you can do that dishonor God. There's many different things that you can do that would indicate the passions and desires of our flesh and how we give ourselves over to those things. But there's only one fruit of the Spirit, singular. That one fruit is demonstrated in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. There's nine different things that are characterized here, but it's one fruit. There's one outcome that we are controlled by, led by the Spirit. So when the Spirit of God dwells in our life, I believe immediately we should begin responding in ways that honor who the Spirit of God is inside of us. And so you and I have this choice, right? We have the ability to determine, am I going to live by the flesh? Even as I've accepted Christ into my life, I'm going to live by the flesh. I'm going to choose to give over to the natural inclination of man. I'm going to choose to do whatever it is I feel like I want to do. Or am I going to be led by the Spirit of God so that everything that I do more and more reflects the character and nature of God? So let me kind of demonstrate this in a little different way. Let's set this aside for just a second. Here I have a bottle of juice, and right on the front it says 100% grape juice. In fact, when I read the, the ingredients on the back, there are very few things even indicated here other than grape juice. There's some other things, some other types of water that have been added, filtered water and things like that, uh, but this is really a 100% grape juice. Maybe you would agree with that, maybe you would disagree with that, but that's the way they advertise it, so let's just all assume right now that it is 100% grape juice. I also have this. This is not 100% anything, right? When I read the ingredients of this Capri Sun, and there's no guilt or condemnation for those who are parents of kids that have to take lunches to school, so don't feel bad if this is what we're going to probably put this in the lunchbox tomorrow for our kids too, but there's, this is not 100% fruit punch, right? When I read the ingredients on the box for these Capri Suns, I mean, there's a ton of ingredients, the reason being that this is not 100% anything, it is an imitation. They have concocted a lot of things to try to make it taste like and look like things that are fruit. 
And so what happens so often is that whether you are a follower of Jesus Christ or not, if you are not led by the Spirit of God, you cannot actually demonstrate authentic love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Why? Because the only way that I can love my wife is out of the love that I receive from God. The only way that I can be at peace in the midst of a world that is lacking in peace and a world that is fighting against my peace is according to scripture that I would have the peace that passes all understanding and it would guard my heart and guard my mind through Christ Jesus. So anything that I'm attempting to do outside of the spirit of God, outside of the fruit of the spirit of God, being led by the spirit of God is an imitation. It's my best fleshly attempt not to lose my temper when someone cuts me off in traffic. It's my best attempt to be loving to someone who is not loving toward me. So ultimately it says then that I've got to come back to this place where I say, you know what, I have some natural responses. I have some things that I would naturally do in response to whatever circumstances are in my life. But if I am responding through the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit, then I can do so in ways that are authentic in ways that reflect the work of God in and through my life. I don't have to be an imitation. I can be authentic because I can't love apart from what I receive from God. I can't be kind apart from what led me to repentance. There is a work of God in my life. And if I choose to allow that work of God to work through my life, then it's evident to other people. That's what we read in that very last verse there, verse 25. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. The spirit is at work in the earth. And so if I choose to be in step with the Spirit, I'm saying I want to be a part of what's happening in the earth. So what does it look like for a follower of Jesus Christ, a person who says, the Spirit of God dwells in me, but I'm not loving? You ever met anybody? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. You don't have to do that. That would indict maybe somebody who's sitting close to you. You ever met anybody that claims to have the Spirit of God living inside of them, but they have no patience, no peace? But we're going to come back to that in just a few minutes. But there is something that we all have to do in those moments. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. Let's talk now about this second part of this. Let's talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Spiritual gifts. This is another part of the way that the Spirit of God works in and through our lives. Look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 4. It says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's in the same, it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. You may want to underline that last one in your Bible or highlight that in your app. We're given a spiritual gift so that we can help each other. A few things that jump out to me in this particular passage is that the Holy Spirit is the source of all spiritual gifts. You know, there, there's a lot of things that I see, and we're going to talk about it in just a second, but man, if you recognize that every good gift comes from above, if you recognize that every spiritual gift that you have in your life is a result of the work of the Spirit of God through your life, then you would also recognize that according to what we see right here, that every believer has access to spiritual gifts. This is not just reserved for a few. It's not just reserved for those that have been serving the Lord for a long period of time, perhaps. I think there's obviously some growing and spiritual maturity and all of those things, but I believe that every believer, according to this text, has access to spiritual gifts. So the next few verses of this passage here in 1 Corinthians 12 list a number of spiritual gifts. 
We see things like words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues or speaking in tongues and an interpretation of tongues. You can also see here in verse 11 of what we just read, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts and he alone decides which gift each person should have. So it's not necessarily that any one gift should be elevated above the other. It is the spirit who determines who gets which gift and how that gift is exercised for the sake, what we read earlier, for the sake of helping each other. Later in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in 1 Corinthians 14, in the book of Romans, even into the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, several other places here in the New Testament, we see other lists of gifts. Some of them overlap with one another. Some of them present new gifts that have not been previously mentioned. Here's just a few. The gift of administration, the gift of teaching, the gift of apostleship, the gift of craftsmanship, the gift of generosity, the gift of helps, and so many others. Now, the only joke I have about spiritual gifts is that I remember when I was younger and I heard them talk about the gift of helps, and I thought that was just an add-on for anybody that didn't have any other gift. It's like, if you don't have all the other gifts, you can have the gift of helps, right? Sounds like a sickness, maybe something you put ointment on or something. It's like, I don't know, I got the helps, right? But here, when we see this list, we recognize it's not an exhaustive list. It's not like every single gift of the Spirit is outlined in Scripture. There are just some of these places that we read in the New Testament and in the Old Testament where God is trying to help us to understand that every gift does come from above and that the Holy Spirit decides, he chooses how to demonstrate those gifts through those who have made themselves available to be used by God for the purposes of helping other people. Now, when I read through some of these gifts, I recognize that there are a few of them that seem a little more natural. Maybe you heard a few of those and you're like, well, you know, I'm a teacher, so I feel like I have the gift of teaching. Or maybe I have the gift of administration. Or maybe I feel like I have the gift of helps. Maybe I'm an Enneagram too. I'm a, I'm a helper. And so, you know, from an early age, anytime I saw someone in need, I wanted to help them. So I did everything that I could to try to reach out and help meet whatever need they have. Or again, maybe administration. You always organized your books by author, like as a library there in your bedroom. Or your Legos were all color coordinated. Or you just had this ability. I got an amen right there. Okay. But it's the idea like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it all organized and efficient and, and administer it in a way that, that seems to work for productivity. And so it seems like those are some natural gifts. But here's what I believe according to Psalm 139. That you were knit together, that I was knit together in my innermost parts by God inside of my mother's womb. And I believe that there are things that God placed inside of me there. That those gifts and those abilities that God placed inside of me, and I can utilize those gifts in some form or some fashion, even if I never chose to follow after Jesus Christ. But if I make myself available to be used by God, and I've asked God to dwell in me, and I've asked God to fill me with more of his presence and more of his power, it, it takes those and almost makes them a superpower sometimes. It really allows those gifts to be utilized, not just so that I feel more productive in my day or not just so I get the joy of helping someone else accomplish the things through helping them. It's not just so that I look at some of these things and I go, well, I, I really felt like I taught people today in a really great, it's, it's not those things. It's not like I have craftsmanship and so I made something and man, I feel good about it myself. It's no, can I use those gifts when given to God for the sake of blessing and helping other people? So when I read through these lists, I recognize some of them seem like natural gifts. But there are others among lists like this that they are obviously supernatural. Like I can't just exercise miracles without God at work. 
I, I can't just exercise the gift of tongues or the gift of interpretation. I, I can't just exercise prophecy or, or faith and healing and those kinds of things on my own. Those are definitely supernatural works of God in and through my life. And again, some of you, when, when you get to the part like this, if that's not something you've ever been around or you've ever really studied or read, it's like, whoa, I don't, I don't really know. Today is Pentecost Sunday. What that indicates is that we're reflecting on the events of Acts chapter 2. It was the outpouring of the Spirit of God in Acts chapter 2 upon the 120 who were in the upper room. And the Spirit of God fell, descended upon them in, in tongues of fire and rested upon each of them. And they came out of that upper room into the streets there of the city and they began to speak in unlearned to themselves but known languages of the earth. And they proclaimed the good news of the gospel so that the gospel was preached in every language of the earth that was there for the festival in the city. And we also recognize that tongues exist to be able to speak in this language of heaven to, to allow God to speak a message. And you can read about this in the New Testament, but what we believe as a church is that the gifts of God, the gifts of the Spirit of God are still active today. We believe that these supernatural gifts are available to the body. They're available to believers and what that looks like for us is that it's not just that God dwells in us. It's that we make ourselves available. We say, God, I want a fullness. I want more of you than I can contain in my life. I want you to continue to fill me up literally to overflowing. So that it's not just the fruit of the Spirit of God that exists inside of me so that I can be more loving and joyful and patient and kind. It's not just that. It is, God, that you would fill me up with more of your Spirit so that through the gifts of the Spirit, it spills out of me for the sake of other people. And when I look at that for all of us, I recognize that there are several specific ways that God chooses to do a work through the Spirit of God in each of us. I think at the moment of salvation, as we've already talked about, the Spirit of God comes and dwells in us. And when the Spirit of God comes and dwells inside of us, I believe in that moment, every single one of us should begin to reflect the fruit of, the characteristics of, the nature of God. And what I said earlier, and I said, hey, we'll come back to that. There are people who have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. They've said, God, I'm a, I'm a sinner. Forgive my sins. Be the Lord of my life. And yet they are not living daily with the fruit of the Spirit evident in the way that they conduct themselves. How is that possible? Well, what we read is that you and I have a choice. We've been given free will. You and I have a choice every single day whether or not to be led by the Spirit of God. I have to wake up every day and say, God, I, I want to be loving. I receive the love that you've demonstrated to me. I, I receive the kindness that led me to repentance. I receive the gentleness that you approached me in grace. God, I receive the peace that passes all understanding in the midst of all. The, and so, God, I want to demonstrate that. I want to I live in such a way that that is reflected in who I am. Or I can choose every day just to allow the natural flesh response just to be what comes out of me. I'm not crucifying my flesh according to the text there in Galatians. I'm not, I'm not giving up the desires and passions of the flesh, of my heart and of my life I'm saying, no, 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 God, today, I'm probably going to be cut off in traffic. Help me to respond in kindness. <laughs> I 
That's a difficult one, God, because Atlanta traffic's crazy. So God, help me. God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna coach third today, and I know that umpire, and he's an idiot. So God, help me to keep my, you know, there's still some stuff you gotta work on me, God. God, I wanna be loving and kind to the people in my home. I don't wanna come home from work and they just get the leftovers. I want them to get the best of who I am, so God, help me. God, help me to exercise self-control. Help me to live in such a way that it, it honors you. I, I, I crucify my flesh, the passions and desires. God, every single day. So for some of us, maybe you say, hey, I'm a believer, but I'm not, I'm not praying that prayer. I'm not, I'm not chasing after that. What we say around here all the time is that it's not about perfection. It's about pursuit. It's about pursuing after God. It's about making progress. It's every day just saying, God, I, I want you to do this work in my life. I want the fruit of the spirit to be evident. And, and, and I, confessions of a pastor, there are days that I, I miss the boat here. I, I drop the ball. I don't respond in ways that are fruit of the spirit worthy. And so I got to, God, just help me making progress. I'm just, I'm in pursuit. I'm just chasing after you more and more. There's a second work of the spirit. If you, if you read through scripture, there's this second work before we really get even to the, to the infilling, before we get to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe this work is, is instantaneous, but it's also this progressive work. It's called, it's called sanctification. It's this cleansing work. It's part of what I'm describing, but it's also like all of us that were empty on the inside of that emptiness, we were filled with, with hurts and habits and hangups and things that just kind of bound us up. And man, they were just like nastiness on the inside of us. And it was, it was sinfulness and, and attitudes and, and mindsets and heart. And like, it was the way we were raised and it was the decisions that we made and it was nature and nurture. And there's so much of that junk down on the inside of us that that cleansing work of God. He forgives our sins. The moment we acknowledge we're a sinner in need of a savior. We acknowledge who we are. We believe that Jesus Christ is enough. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us. We believe that happens immediately when we respond to him. But there's also this continual progressive work where he continues to cleanse us and help us to remove all of that junk that's on the inside of us. Because here's what I know. The more I rid myself of the stuff that doesn't reflect him, the more space I create for him to fill me with more of himself. That the spirit of God has more room to work in my heart and work in my life when I get rid of all the junk I've been holding on to, all the stuff I've been storing up, the stuff I won't release to him. And then that third thing is this infilling that we would say, God, I make myself available. Would you continue to pour out your spirit upon me? God, I, I want the gifts of the spirit to be evident, not for me, not so that I can check the box and act like I'm somebody and create this haughty spirit and act like I've attained some. No, 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 God, I want the spirit of God to be demonstrated through my life so that others can be blessed. So that words of wisdom and words of knowledge and faith and miracles and prophecy and discernment and tongues and interpretation and administration and teaching and craftsmanship and helps and apostleship and all of these things and so many others. God, I want the Holy Spirit to fill me up so that those things spill out of me and the body of Christ is made better and people's lives are made better and those that are hurting around me are, are connected to the work of the Spirit of God on the earth today. God, that's what I desire. And what I believe with all of my heart and I recognize not everybody in a room like this is a follower of Jesus Christ. Not everybody that's watching right now or may listen back at some point is a follower of Jesus Christ. 
But what I want you to know is if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, even if some of this sounds like, man, I don't know, I've never really thought about it, I've never really been exposed to teaching like this, or I've never really read this for myself, I'm not really sure that this is for me. The question would become, if you are a follower of Christ, why would you not want all that God has for you? Why would you not want everything that God could bless you with? Why would you not want more of God's presence and his power in and through you? I think the question is we would, we would want that. And so in just a moment, we're gonna give you the opportunity to respond. We're gonna give you the chance to come forward if you choose to do so and to pray with some of our elder couples, some of our staff. I put them on notice earlier this week. We don't do this very often in this format, but I put them on notice that I really felt like this was where the Lord was leading us. And we had people respond in the first service and we'll lead through that moment and then we'll dismiss together at the end. But I want you as you sit there just to, just to ask yourself, God, what is it that you would have for me? Not what is it you have for the room, not what is it for you have for the church or the body of Christ at large. Like God, what is it that you have for me? What is the work of the Spirit of God that needs to be accomplished in my life? Is it salvation? Do I need the Spirit of God to dwell in me? If so, we're gonna give you that chance to respond. Is it sanctification? Is that cleansing work? Is there still some junk on the inside of you? Maybe you've, you've asked him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. I believe he responded immediately, but maybe there's still some stuff on the inside of you that you've gotta, you gotta rid yourself of. You gotta, you gotta get it out of you and create more space for God to fill with more of him. Or maybe it is this baptism of the Holy Spirit, this, this infilling to overflowing of the gifts of God, the presence and the power of God demonstrated so that you can live on mission, so that you can truly be all that God has created and crafted you to be on the earth in the present time. I'm gonna ask all of us to stand right where you're at. Just stand right where you're at. If you're watching online today, I encourage you to stand as well if you can. In just a second, I'm gonna ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes. Nobody's gonna come around, do anything. It's just a personal response time for you just to ask the Lord that question. God, what is it that you would have for me today? And when we bow our heads and close our eyes, in just a second, there's some elder couples and some staff members that'll come to the front. So when you open your eyes in a minute, they'll be standing there kind of staring back at you, but they're just making themselves available. And the worship team's gonna come. They're gonna lead us in a time of worship. And if you believe right now that God is leading you to respond, that you wanna pray with someone really about any need, I invite you when I say amen in just a second for you to come forward and just say, Here, here's what I'm asking of you, God. And you may know, you may know the person that's praying for you. You may not, you may assume they know your name, but here's what I'm gonna ask you to do is they've prayed for some folks already today. They may have just forgotten. It's kind of crazy sometimes. I know all these names and sometimes my mind just goes blank. I'm just gonna ask you as you step forward just to say, hey, here, my name is Jeremy and here's what I'm asking God to do. I need to be saved today. I need God to do some cleansing work in my heart. There's some things that I need God to just kind of rid my life of, my heart of, some hurts and habits and hangups and whatever that looks like, where I wanna be filled with the Spirit of God. I want God to use me. I want God's presence and power to be poured into me to overflowing and I'm seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit or some other need. We would love the opportunity to pray with you today. I'm gonna to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes now just for a moment. Nobody's looking around. Again, even those that are watching online, you would respond right now. God, we thank you today for what we've experienced. We thank you, God, for how you've moved among us. We thank you for our time of worship. We thank you for the moments of transitions and we thank you for baptism. And God, now we thank you for your word. We ask you now, God, to move among us. Whatever work you 
desire to do in our hearts and lives, I pray that you would give us the confidence to step out and to come to agree with someone on the strong name of Jesus Christ for the work that we're desiring you to do. If that's salvation, allow us to seek it, to acknowledge it. We believe that you do that work. If it's that cleansing work, God, that you would do that as well. If it's to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God, we ask you to do that. We thank you for the work that you've already done today. And God, we ask you now to continue this work in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.